Alan Dennings had long since gotten used to waking up to the presence of new arrivals in the waiting room inside his head. Since that terrible night in 1941, he had worked very hard to gain revenge for each of the gray, dull shapes trapped between this world and the next. He had watched each of these indistinct shades pass on to the next life once their thirst for vengeance was slaked, bore witness to their time in this limbo. But as he emerged from a sleep filled with dreams of blood and screams and the dark-haired woman he had to deny himself, lest this alliance to save Nocturne fell apart, Alan knew this new arrival was different. He sat up in his hard bed, only the plainest and meanest of linens providing any comfort. Although his body, well sculpted from the intense physical training he undertook since becoming the instrument of vengeance for Nocturne's ghosts, was stocked still, his mind was already active. His consciousness moved inwards to a place in his head where the spirits waited for his help. The initial multi-toned darkness melted away and coalesced into walls of steel that reached up into infinity. As he envisioned himself walking into this edifice, tables and chairs and equipment, all without any touch of artistry to make it seem less like a dwelling and more like a home. With each step, Alan's bedclothes shifted and reconfigured around him until he was garbed in the black suit and tattered cloak of his ferryman self. His eyes, ruined in scarred empty sockets in the early morning sunlight, were now smoldering crimson energy. Slowly, hesitantly, his tenants emerged. Gray shades of ectoplasmic life, they pulled themselves into the light. The majority of them lacked details. Alan had come to assume that they became more indistinct the more tenuous their connection to this plane was. Some of them, the ones he was closest to avenging, were little more than dusty outlines. Then there was the little girl standing near one of the blackboards, the one fighting back tears, the one in vivid color. She was short with long white blonde hair falling past her shoulders and down her back. She wore a nightgown of pale, delicate pink that hung down to her ankles. Her feet were stained reddish-brown. As Alan approached the child, he could sense her struggling to hold back a sob. Reflexively, he let his heroic outfit slough away into mist for a simple white shirt and slacks. The red lights in his sockets became wisps of spoke that solidified into a pair of dark glasses. Briefly, he wondered why he ceased wearing those glasses long ago. Some of the shades drew closer to the little girl. Small eyes darted around warily. Alan could feel the fear coming off her in waves. He motioned them emphatically to move away from the girl before getting down on one knee in front of her. He reached out and gently pushed the hair away from her face. Shh, shh, it's all right, it's all right. You're fine. No, the girl replied in a half whisper. Yes, I won't let my friends hurt you, and I work hard to make sure little boys and girls like you are safe. My name is Alan. What's yours? Her eyes, glistening with tears that were about to fall, darted around. As if on instinct, Alan's tenants drifted further away from them. Katie, Katie 
he said in a soft, comforting voice he realized he hadn't used since the evening he lost his sight. You are welcome here, but I need to ask, why did you come to see me? I'm hiding. Hiding from what? She shook her head, pointedly not looking at him. Don't wanna. Alan wondered why he was behaving like this. For years after that night where he lost his sight and became a conduit into the next world, he had been bombarded with horror and despair and violence as a succession of shades wailed out the story of their individual demises, and he had struggled to give those shades rest by avenging their murders, only to have new ghosts step in to demand their own justice. It had hardened him, 